Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 136. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. After all of that ale consumption, I'm going to say it's probably now it's after lunchtime. Yep. Some red bowls of meat stew to stabilize everybody a little bit. This was day drinking? This is definitely... Okay, okay. There's no day or night down in the forge. (laughs) And then you had asked them to show you the forge. Yeah. So Davin and Port are your two escorts. They are... Our two new friends. Your two new friends. They are possibly younger dwarves than Trigadur. Bearded? Davin has just a, a mustache, a blonde mustache. Port has just like a... A smattering of hair here and there. Wait, was Trigger? did he have, like, gray in his hair? Or Trigger did not have gray in his hair. Okay. He had, like, a full... Braided beard. Brown, okay. belt-length beard, but he didn't have any gray in any of his hair. Okay. I just occurred to me that I don't know if dwarfs lose their teeth as they get older. <laughs> or I, get gray or whatever. I was going to grow up to be a dentist. She's very fixated on teeth care now. She, I think she's not completely convinced that Connie and Marvin weren't pulling her leg. Oh, <laughs> top teeth falling out. Yeah, or maybe not pulling your leg, but whatever the elvish equivalent is. Tickling yanking, your ear. Yanking your vine. <laughs> yeah. So you head across the open plaza type space where you had earlier had your somewhat unproductive discussion with Trigger. By now the, the cart that you rescued is long gone. Yep. And there's several archways off of this courtyard leading back into places. They take you through one set of arches. It is not the same set of arches that Trigador left, and not the set of arches that you that have us all trolls. It's a different arch than that. As they walk along, Davin is somewhat chatty, whereas Port appears to be more of a a quiet observational person. And what observational drunk. Tipsy. So I mentioned this to you because you got them drunk for a reason. Right. And so if there's things that you want to ask them about, other than the forge specifically, Davin is is chit-chatty. And if you're not asking them questions, Davin is like pointing out like, oh, look at this fine arch. Look at those buttresses there. He seems proud of, of the constructive work of the dwarves down here. That is most impressive. Does it, does it keep out the naga? <laughs> He says the Naga would have to be pretty desperate to drag themselves across all these miles of stone to just to die at the axe tips of dwarves. Oh, of course, of course. Naga spear stone. So then you enter a, a hot, sweltering space, glowing red. What was the rod on Trigador's back? Was that question. a tool of some sort? That is the question that Hepa is asking? Mm-hmm. He's got like a spear and he's got a shield. He has his spear and he says, uh, it's a tool just like my spear is. 
It's a weapon. Aye. What does it do? Wait, is it... Takes down our foes. Is it for... Oh, so it's like a bludgeoning weapon. No. I didn't see an edge on it. Oh. After we show you the forge, maybe then we can can show you what a Thunder Guard's weapon does. Okay. Yeah, that's, that sounds uh, intriguing. <laughs> yeah, we had to do this forge thing too, but... <laughs> I would like that greatly. Thunder Guard. Must throw bolts of lightning? Or just makes loud noises? So here we are in the forge. Uh, as you can see, any dwarves here pounding hammers on metal. You can make perception checks if you would like. Yeah, I'm wondering. There's probably a place where they quench stuff, which is probably the cause of our problems. You can make an average perception check, but it's going to get a black die from the sweat running into your eyes. Do we get a blue die because we have an excellent guide, though? You have a blue die to reflect things that he will point out to you. But elves don't sweat. We glow. <laughs> it's hot. Three advantages. Two successes and three advantages. So both of you have advantages. Is there stuff you have questions about regarding dwarves and things like that that you might oh, yeah. want to use your advantages on? You're not observing whatever in this forge is pertinent, but you are a curious person. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely want to know about the teeth. Ah, okay. The biological, oh. or the as aging. Okay. How does so age? the dwarves you, you're escorting and talking to, their, their teeth look relatively normal. Right. But in this forge space, there are some dwarves who have gray hair. Uh-huh. And these dwarves, the dwarves with gray hair, all seem to be issuing orders right. to other dwarves. The dwarves with gray hair, most of them have big, impressive beards. And other dwarves, it seems, are referring to them with respect. Okay. So. And that was one of the things the humans had told us about theirs, that gray hair and falling out teeth is, I think, the two markers. So <laughs> The two age markers. So I think that's what you're getting out of this. Okay. I will tell you what you observe in this okay. room. There's a bunch of forged stations that work out on the same types of weapons mm-hmm. that were listed on the board for delivery to Mariver. There are also dwarves in here who are working on forging non-weaponry things. Somebody's making nails. Yeah, tools and, and other types of So he's of making things. probably, oh, shackles, given that we saw there was the trolls who were being yeah. yanked around. And the quenching is not like, oh, here's a convenient riverbed, let's stick these things into. It's like there's a trough and, and it's filled by an outspout. <laughs> So it doesn't directly connect into the water system there. What are they dumping? Uh, I ask them, like, oh, so you pound all this, this metal. What do you do with the pieces that are left over? The what, Not the junk, the dross, you call it. They will tell you that there isn't a whole lot left over because the dwarves that handle the ore refining do such a good job. Oh, where does that happen? That happens in through a different set of, of arches. And these dwarves... Like, Davin and Port take you up to somebody and, like, say that these elven emissaries are interested in looking at the weaponry, and these guys pull out some blades to show you. Like, blades at various stages of the forging process. Yeah. And one of the one of the dwarves asks, like, Oh, elves getting ready to fight in a war as well? You can never be too prepared. Now, we're investigating... Some issues with the water. They assure you that they dump out the water from the quenching, like it gets, I don't know, like poured out onto the fungus farm or something like that. 
Grey Waters used to water the plant. I'm not sure okay, exactly okay. how dwarves eat. Uh, my understanding is mushrooms. Bats and mushrooms, maybe. Sure, why not? So you had some advantages. Ah, okay. One of these dwarves, they're working on a variety of different weapons. I'll pull out, like, this knife that I have. I'm like, so, like, this is an elvish-made knife. And, like, I know you're sa- you're about to say, like, it's inferior, but, like, can you tell me, like, what makes it different from this knife that you're making? Okay. What is your purpose in doing this? My purpose is, like, can I get him to somehow, like, add some nice features to this blade? I feel like this will require an additional check. Like, we don't have this quenching process as far as the trick knows. I don't know, but I wonder... I don't know where we get our... The steel that we do have from. Bogs? Okay. Maybe. He tells you, oh, actually, that's not an elvish-made knife. Where did you get it, Trick Menu? He tells you, that's a human-forged knife. Okay. Uh, possibly your people have been trading with the... You know, that would make sense. How can you tell? Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And he, like... Pep is ready for her lecture on <laughs> metalworking. Metal oh, yeah. Nice. What, what water is she? Oh, God. Oh, this sounds way too much like water. Oh. So he takes you over to an armoire. It, like, opens the doors of this large wardrobe type structure, which is actually kind of more like a vertical chest. And inside it are gazillions of knives. Like, they're all, like, arrayed on racks. It's Lily's favorite place. <laughs> and, and he's like, all right, well, these ones are the orc knives. Like, you can see how, like, simplistic and, you know, they, they are beaten metal, but they're not, like, the refined material is not as good. Uh, these ones are human made. He takes your knife and he um, he does something with it really quick with his two hands, and he he separates the handle and the tank, and he shows you uh, the maker's imprint. Huh? Where was it made? He doesn't recognize this imprint. Oh, it's not like made in South Tower. Okay. It's no, made, like, it's the like the blacksmith. It's imprint. like the blacksmith has some particular sigil, essentially. Hmm. And he's like, human smiths tend to tend to not decorate their blades with the sigils. It's only visible when you take them apart like this. So if you find other blades marked with a sigil, it'll be from the same maker as this knife. And human knives are, you know, they're they're pretty decent. And to be honest, like knives are not the dwarves' strong so swords, axes. Yeah, and dwarves don't really fight with swords so much themselves, but. It's a larger canvas. It's more space to work. Hammers, you know. Versus, versus these knives, like. That's something you have an apprentice do. Yeah, like because you need so many of them, and like, and plus people very seldom come to you and ask for like a masterclass knife. Now, were you wanting to make an influence roll to ask for a masterclass knife? Yeah, I guess I'll ask him. Like, is there well, is there anything obvious we could do, like a few quick strikes of the hammer to make it a better knife? Could get sharp knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, well, you could take better care of it. That'd be the first thing. <laughs> he tells you that to improve the quality of this knife is going to take more than a few quick hammer strokes. You know, if you guys are going to be around for a couple of days looking at, like, wow. fixing the plumbing, he, he might be able to do something, um, or he might be able to talk to a runesmith about something, but there's nothing you can just quickly turn around. Trick's trying to figure out, like, what a runesmith do? Not gonna ruin it. What is a runesmith? The runesmiths are, I, I would say, they're they're our most learned class of dwarves, and mm-hmm. uh, they might know something that can coax more out of this metal than even the best metal worker among us can. They make artifacts. He does not know what you mean by that. Oh, 
What do I mean by that? I mean, do you mean special items of legend, or you mean items touched by magic? Is there magic infused into them, or...? He's not sure. He thinks that that's a, a matter that's up for debate, whether it's just some fine quality. Like, since he's not part of that that group, he doesn't know, like, what their secret mysteries are. Right. So it's a secret. What do you think? He says it's possible magics are involved, but dwarves don't need magic to be awesome at metalworking. That's, like, the dwarven inheritance. So... He thinks it's more likely that, that people just ascribe magical powers to dwarven crafted weaponry. Anything could be magic. And they know more about the crafting or more advanced techniques or something? Or something like that. He's content with his, his own forge work. He particularly likes mentoring young smiths. And uh, and at that point, he uh, catches his eye that somebody's like about to burn something. And he shuffles <laughs> off. And, and Davin's like... So, so what do you think of the forge? It's hot. It's very hot interesting. As, hot as blazes. <laughs> like some trails that I've walked. <laughs> Have you been through the desert then? Well, some say I'm a master of those places without water. That is true. He is famous in our village for it. Hmm. Interesting. So, like, all of the knives. So can you tell the difference between the different makes? Could I? Can, can I see it when he points it out? I think definitely you can tell the difference between orc craft is like definitely shoddier. Right. Now that you have like the blades all arrayed, you can see like, okay, like maybe elven blades are thinner and maybe curved in a way that like these other ones aren't. But definitely this dwarf was looking at things with a craftsman's eye. Right. Okay. But there is, like, a flat-out difference in quality between the orc knives, which would give you a black die, right. and the other sets of knives. And the closet does contain, like, a few really, really special-looking knives that have definitely, like, really fine edges, as well as there's, like, a variety of things here. So there's some mangosh. There's a few things in here that definitely look like offhand weapons for somebody who just just using them to parry. Right. Versus a utility knife is what Trick has, which is a knife for like all purposes that you're gonna cut up your food with, and yep. you know you might stab somebody if you had to. You're gonna gut your hog with it. They have a variety of different types of different makes. Yeah. Now, if I pull my sword out and look, can I tell that it matches? I mean, I'm assuming my sword is all fish, but I don't know. Your sword is elvish. So it's made by elvish people. <laughs> That's how we sign everything. <laughs> like, its hilt work has some, like, fancy filigree. Stuff, oh, okay, okay. Leather-bound pommel or whatever. Like, it has artistry to it. It might be hard to tell, like, if you were just looking at the blade, but right. the decorative part of your sword is the part that you hold. Right. And that is elvish in style. Presumably you could get a blade of a different make. But I don't know. Okay, so I put my hold up my sword, look at it, and then I just put it away because that was interesting. Yeah, nobody yells at you for drawing your sword. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I try not to do it like. God, <laughs> 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 tell me about these knives. <laughs> Trick's eyes kind of glaze over, like just a wall of knives. It's like, this is just like Dad's wall of thousand rods. <laughs> yeah, they're they're nice. I get it. So, do you want them to attempt to do something to your knife? Uh, maybe if you can talk to Runesmith, but really. A uh, knife is something he almost, like, it is a utility knife. I mean, like, maybe Dad will ever mention, like, oh, it's a utility knife. 
that I tricked. He's like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, the knife is not the right place for something special. Ah, uh, the knife is not the piece of signature gear you need for your legend. Yeah. All right. All right so we saw like the last phase of the process. This is where the, the weapons are finished, getting ready for transport. But where does it begin? You mentioned there was a refinery. Oh, yes. How do they refine the ore? Well, but it begins at mining. Okay. Well, let's just work backwards and see if we have enough time to get to mining. Okay. I mean, this is very interesting. It's like going to school, but only like for an hour in each. Yeah. <laughs> do we get like a free nail at the end of the tour? <laughs> I think the friendliness and cooperativeness of the people in the forge room has consumed the triumphant nature of your yeah, drinking contest. Fair. It happens to be that like Davin, your guide here, is friends with these guys and like soothes the way in. So for the next place that you go, the refineries where you wanted to go next, you will need a social check to engage with people there to get them to be as helpful. Okay. And Devin doesn't know as much about this because he knows the Smiths. Correct. Can we work together? I assume so. <laughs> yes, you are both participating in trying to make people cooperate. Shame you uh, gave that bog eye to Devin before otherwise we could ask him. <laughs> I didn't have samples of bad water. It's true. I'm trying to think the right way to worm in here. Just uh, like make a comment about the minerals that he's got look particularly high quality or maybe i could we could use another knowledge check to feed into it that's probably a good idea well what type of useful information are you looking at are you trying to be like what do we know about dwarf culture that would be geography yeah if you're trying to think of like what is a ancient impressive story about dwarves that would be lore yeah what do you want to do i'm better at geography i have a rank in lore so i'm better at that Maybe we each roll in our respective knowledge checks to try to see, like, what is the right way to approach this? Okay. All right, so you guys split up? I guess so. One of you walks around with Davin, and one of you walks around with Port? Yep. I think maybe Port might be your partner. Because <laughs> he'll, he'll just let me talk and ramble on. <laughs> He's not going to ask questions, though. Yeah, that's a good point. How difficult do you want to make this? This is just average. Two success and a threat. In the hierarchy of... Dwarven careers. Ore refiner, probably beneath Smith. Yes. And probably also beneath, like, mining is considered very dwarven. But this is sort of like middle of the process, and not the exciting end of the process. You made a lore check. I did make a lore check. You are saying things that are not lore-ish. My, my apologies. I mean, I, I can agree with you on that description of refining, but... Let me rephrase what Trick recalls. That there is some story about some dwarven... Or refiner who, it's rare, but he fixes in prominently in the story. Because he, like, leaves his refining behind and goes on to become greater than it? Perhaps, but, like, he starts as, a, you know, a good refiner. Okay. You know, he, he's able to eliminate the impurities and provide the highest quality goods. Okay. To the, the forgers. And, you know, eventually, whoever this person is, uh, they clearly have to do the mining, the refining, and the forging all themselves. And you had a threat on your roll? I had one threat. Are you going to take that as strain, or are we going to... I think strain is what I want to do, because I had a nice lunch, so I'm nice and settled. All right. How did your roll turn out? I had a failure with four advantages. Hepa truly does not know anything... About dwarves. About dwarves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything I know, I learned this trip. In the previous room. Yeah, yeah. And last night. <laughs> <laughs> but you have four advantages on a geography check, as you're trying to recall cultural things about dwarves. What can we do with these advantages? Maybe I know something of dwarf adjacent? It could be like you're showing that you're eagerly interested in learning. Right. 
even though you're like a complete blank slate here. Right. It could come off as like, well, elves don't know anything about horrifying. How does this work? So like you feed into some stereotype. Yeah, okay. You guys were making these knowledge-based checks to help you interact with your right. environment. So you're going to make a social check per trick. Yes, he'll lead in, he'll be asking like, like that looks like a pretty good piece. Like That's as good as, you know, uh, Martin the Great, right? Wasn't he among the best dwarvish refiners ever? So this is a charm check? Yes. The dwarf refiner's cool is two purples. Okay. And you succeeded your check. Yep. So you can have a upgrade to this check. Lex, you did not succeed your check. No, so I had a when the time comes for your social check, you will not have an upgrade, but you will get blue dice from your advantages. Okay. I have success with a threat. You can take another strain. The place just smells different. The air in here. Maybe the water too. I think your your strain is not from the physical environment in the refinery, but from the slightly anti-elf attitude of the person to whom you are speaking, who has heard rumors that there are elves about. Potentially spies. And this person's attitude, she's kind of like, eh, what does an elf think they know about Martin? Well, only that. In, among elf society, we will hold up Martin as an exemplar dwarf. There is a dwarf who is perfect craft dwarfship, able in combat, reliable ally. There's some stories that tell of Martin working with elves on, you know, on occasion, humans, but why bother? Okay, so you uh, target the, the racial bias against the third party, and now you guys can both agree, eh, humans, not so great. Let's talk about refining. So, you succeeded your charm check. Right. This dwarf is willing to talk with you about stuff. Hepa? What about your refinery dwarf? One failure and three advantages. It could be that I say I don't I know nothing about refining, but I found some bog iron and I totally end up asking about bog iron or something. I think it's fitting with Hepa's nature that you get distracted off of the thing that you came in here to talk about. Unless there's something else in here to talk about. She might be like, What's the difference between bog iron and <laughs> I think probably in in your case you learn about all sorts of different types of iron, different qualities of iron, different like sources. Mm -hmm. And this whole issue of like the swamp and water and stuff is like not brought up at all. Because which, it's so which, much more interesting to find out about, you know. Like you're not even going to remember like, oh, that was why we went in there until like you've left the refinery space. Yeah. But maybe I can leave knowing which one's the easiest to refine. Five iron. That sounds like it'd be a huge pain. You have to leave your tunnels, go to a bog somewhere. Not that much of it. So that's how your quest for information is fine. At least I learned something relevant to where we are. Because <laughs> I do want to know about the teeth thing. So at least I didn't ask about that. <laughs> Back in my mind for every race. What happens when you get old? So she's shown me the refining process. You succeeded your social check. So you are going to get some answers to Whatever water they use in the chemical process here, does that just get dumped downriver, effectively? Maybe not immediately, but... So she tells you that they're trying out an experimental new mining technique here. That happens once a week. You mentioned a once a week thing, and, and she says like once a week they get a huge quantity of, of unprocessed ore in tiny little pieces. So yeah, they're using way more water than they... They used to, because they have to 
break everything really tiny and wash everything and separate it and everything like that. So vast quantities of water are being consumed for that purpose. Okay. Sounds like maybe this once a week item is probably what the trouble is. Yeah, whatever that experimental mining process is, that's causing shocks up on the surface. The dwarf you are speaking to... Like, yeah, it probably sounds right. She's not surprised. Everything around here seems to shake when it happens. Right. There's a big bog, a swamp right above you. There's that's cr- that's got to be quite a ways up. There's plenty of solid stone There's above their There's cracks head. in the stone. What? From all this. You can see the bubbles coming up when this happens. I've seen the bubbles, and that's where the worst water is. And if there's those cracks, I'm worried that those water is going to stop being up there, and it's going to start being down here. And I don't know everything about dwarves, but I don't think you can breathe underwater. Can you? If you can, <laughs> blink twice. <laughs> she stares at you. Okay, then. No, dwarves cannot breathe underwater. What, do we look like merfolk to you? Dwarven merfolk. Question mark? Merdwarves? Okay. So, this is bad for both of us, then. You don't want your home to get flooded. Certainly not. But if... I still want to be able to enjoy soup at home. Okay, but it sounds like you're you're saying that there's architectural, civil engineering issues here. That's way outside the refinery's concern. So, I mean, Trigador asked us to check out the refinery to better understand if you want a deception check. <laughs> lies, lies, lies. Misrepresenting what he said. You are misrepresenting it. I can certainly do that. Three purples. Dwarves are willful. They are. I have failure with three advantages. You throw around Trigador's name. She agrees that Trigador is the one responsible for the project. Yep. But ultimately, she says everything is Lord Knuton's call. If there's a there's a threat to their whole settlement, Lord Knuton would want to know. Great. When can we petition? Yeah. And I try to say we as though you and I are going to petition him. <laughs> What's your schedule look like? And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I got all this... This is refining to get through. Look, your house gets flooded. There's not going to be a refinery. There's not going to be anything to be lowered over. She doesn't feel any sense of time right. urgency. The, this mining experiment's been going on for quite a while. <laughs> you take out your water's going to drip it over her head. Oh, look, the, the leak is starting. <laughs> she says you, your best chance is to, you know, like at dinner time. Sometimes he'll take open the floor for questions. Okay, well, that's, that's a good idea. But she's not going to assist you. Yeah, that's fair. Is there anything else you want to eke out of the refinery? Huge amounts of crumbled rock. Mm. Are, are there any, like, machinery or anything? that Ooh. Like, what does that do? There's there's not really machinery in any sense. There's not, like, conveyor belts. Barrels or... of, the, of things I that can have one question. Them. So they have to smash things up into small pieces. Is that dwarves doing that? Or is that trolls doing that? She says that... If things need to be broken up even smaller, typically dwarves take care of that with their hammers. The trolls are part of the mining process. Oh, okay. Oh, this is making more sense. And there's a lot of carts of crumpled up rocks coming in, but there isn't... Buckets. I mean, you you can look in one of these things. You can make a perception check if you want to examine the, the rock coming in. Average? Yeah. Two successes. So, there's a lot of rocks, a lot of dirt on them. Uh, but I see them good. Right. Mm-hmm. But you pick up one to look at it, and you actually get soot on your hands, uh-huh. as opposed to dirt. 
Oh, okay. So it's so. Do I still have a person I'm talking to? Port is your minder here. Okay. But you didn't succeed at your social check and stuff, so like nobody was interested in talking to you. So okay. you can bounce ideas off Port. I can ask. Want. I mean, I'll see if Port will answer. Is that soot? He gives a nod. Oh. Okay, so then it is. So he knows what it is. Well, you like hold up your hand and show him what you're talking about. Yeah. I didn't think iron burned. Port shrugs. Oh, he doesn't know. You don't know what that's from? It's from mining, looks like. What, what would they be burning? Isn't it just dirt and rock under there? He shrugs. He doesn't know either. Okay, that's something for us to figure out. I wonder if that's... Well, I didn't know about the experimental thing. All right, you guys, we can... It's called fire crack, you know, fracking for short. Light a fire underground. <laughs> uh, this causes not the iron to totally melt, but to weaken and finally cracks the rock and large chunks fall off. This is you... He's explaining it to Devin. You're giving a theory. On the, the experimental mining operation. As you guys combine yeah. back together in the hallway. I think something's being burnt during the mining process. But did you know that blue iron... So. <laughs> <laughs> Would you find out? It sounds like we just gotta let Kadoon know that you know his his roof might be leaking at any day now. Oh. I feel as Devin and Port have they had any anyone who's had trouble with like leaky roofs in the fortress? No. Did you want to go to the mine now? How much time do we have? Is it, is it dinner time yet? Would you like it to be dinner time? We can go to the mine. Let's go to the mine. I mean, you said you wanted to see the whole process. Yeah, we in did. In reverse. That's true. So, yeah, we should go to the mining part now. I find it interesting that the problem in the water would be minerals and not all the undead bodies in there. You'd think that would cause something. Maybe. Is it too unnatural to rot? Uh, I think it's already rotten. Whoa, whoa, whoa. David says, "What? what's this about undead? Oh, yeah, you got... Swarm of undead in the bog. The bog right above you. That bog sounds very far away. Yeah, it's really not. Oh, yeah. If the water comes down, they would too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but Trigidor said it wouldn't be a problem. You guys can handle it. But the water didn't smell bad. I mean, we handled it last time. Did the water smell bad? Like undead? The bog. Smell like rotting flesh? You did not walk around that bog the whole time thinking. This smells like rotting flesh. It, okay. it was unpleasant in the way that bogs are unpleasant. Right. I'm sure you two could handle a little undead, watery invasion into your, your fortress. There were some undead here a month or so ago, but you, you think maybe they, they come from the bog? There are definitely undead in the bog. Definitely. But they wouldn't come through our tunnels. Who knows what undead do or why? Do you have somebody that knows what undead do and why? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, our undead master smiths. Yeah. No. All right, next stop on the tour is mining. This area you do not have full access to. Okay. You arrive at, like, the entrance to the general mining zone. It is a little further away from the actual, like, settlement, so you travel through some tunnels together and... You pass dwarves. Uh, some dwarves are moving barrels around. Some What's dwarves. Some barrels. I ask Port. Port shrugs. This is not where he works. <laughs> if you want to know what's in a barrel, you need to make a social check with a dwarf actually in control of a barrel. I still ask Port. Well, I trigger with my ass. 
some poor Cooper dwarf or Porter dwarf. Social check, please. I'm trying to think of an angle on this, though. Or some silly comment. So he's, like, rolling the barrel right now? Or he's hauling it in a cart? He's got a barrel up over his shoulder. It's like a pony keg? Yeah. Okay. And he is carrying it away from the mining area. Okay. I think Trick will make a comment. What comes in barrels? Or, like, alcohol, but it comes in barrels. So. Oh, is that the ale for tonight's dinner? What's the vintage? Please make a social check. Uh, I feel like this is Chai. Yeah, I agree. It's Chai. Can I help? Because I really want to know. Yes, you may add a blue dye. Really nosy elves. And Port didn't know. Well, that is a failure with three advantages. This dwarf does not have the time of day to stop and chat with you about the ale for tonight. Rare dwarf doesn't want to talk about a drink. So he keeps going, and he's just like, who keeps ale in a mine? Don't, Don't you keep ale everywhere? I'm pretty sure... No dwarf has ever caught more than four hours from ale. What do you want to do with your advantages? Uh, I'm going to cover some strength, actually. You proceed to the entrance to the mine area. You may make perception checks here. It is two purples and a black. One failure. A threat. But mm-hmm. whatever gave me a black die gave me some strength, yes. That is because you do see a little bit of movement in the darkness up is ahead. Is it a troll? Yes. And Hebba has a thing about trolls, I think. Apparently. You can take a strain for your your threat there as these trolls that you were previously thought, like, is this under control or not? Right. So you see movement up ahead that, like, you're like, it's kind of dark in there, but I'm pretty sure that's a troll up in there. Okay. And Trick, you're looking around. You can't really see in so well to see what is going on further ahead yep. in this mining zone. You may attempt... Another social check together here to try to talk to some of the dwarves actively involved in the mining process, or you can come up with another idea. Yeah, like at this point, we just ask about the experimental mining, the experimental that... mining technique. I hadn't heard of that. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Trickle will ask like, "Hey, are you the dwarf that invented the new experimental technique?" The what? <laughs> I heard it like brings in a literal tons of iron. So, a charm check. That's what it sounds like. Triumphant success, two threats. So, this dwarf that you are now talking to, she tells you that she's pretty sure Trigger got the idea from her because when they were out on the range practicing together, like, you know, she said something or other about her blunderbuzz, adapting it for other uses, and she's pretty sure that's what got Trigger the idea. You yeah, know? totally. Because really, like... You know, he's smart and all, but he couldn't have thought of all of this by himself. And he is a little prickly, so if it hadn't been for her interfacing with their liege... I'm sure he's just got the connections. What is the idea? So, so you take the powder from the blunderbuss, and you pack it up into barrels. That's the barrels. What is the blunderbuss? Oh, oh, you, no. you had a triumph, so I don't think I'll stray too far off. Yeah, this, no, no, but that's, I could. That, that makes me like trick as blunderbuss is, but I'm not uh, gonna admit it. Yeah, she, she reaches down around something to pulls out a long He's metal like, why pole. Why called like air pro? Okay, is that the same thing as? It's the same type of pole that was on Trigger's back. So she, she's like this. Why is there powder in there? Oh, it, it's what the, is the powder for? It's the propellant for the missiles. Propellant? How? 
Well, you set a fire and the propellant explodes and that forces the missile forward. And so you do the same thing in the rocks. So you're launching missiles at the It's rock? more like you, you take the, all the powder and you set it off and it explodes all the rocks. So much faster than just pickaxes. It's great. With fire, you said. You need fire to set it off. Oh, that sounds very dangerous. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be the one who has to light them. <laughs> She's like, that's what the trolls are for. They're going to generate. Do you have trolls do the lighting? Yeah, way safer. If you had to guess, what's like the survival rate on trolls for these explosions? Oh, they're usually well enough by the, the next week. That's impressive. I thought that burns from fire were permanent on trolls. I heard. Apparently Trick has been playing D&D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they heal quickly? The trolls? Yeah, it's one of the most annoying things about trying to root them out of these tunnels. Have you ever, like, set these explosions to go and you've had, like, a cave-in or something due to it? Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how they work. Okay. Everything around turns to rubble and falls down, and then we got to cart it out of there. Have you ever had water leak through? She's not aware of any of the, the ore being wet. I think these explosions, we, can, we feel them on the surface, too, if you're right above the mine. Oh, wow. They're that big? Yeah. She's, she's like, excited by that concept. Like, <laughs> they're running really great, then. They The whole whole area trembles. So uh, much ore. It's so loud, it wakes the dead. Literally. Is that a deception check? Because we don't know for sure. I don't I know, know for I sure, know but it disturbs things. It seems like walking around with the undead necromancers... Yeah, well, but, um, yeah, I can do a deception check if you want. Three purples. I have two success, two advantage. So she says, wow, you think the explosions? Huh. Makes you sense. know, they thought the human was to blame for the undead that showed up last month. Which human? Like, there Trick knows so which many, human it's going to be. There are so many threads to follow with this. <laughs> oh, what, what human was causing trouble? Well... I mean, I, I wasn't there personally, but there was a little bit of an undead thing back in the fortress a month or so ago when, when a human who who sometimes comes by to trade with us was here. And, and there were there was some talk that, that maybe he was responsible. I mean, but surely he wasn't like a necromancer, right? I certainly wouldn't expect Lord Coon to, to offer hospitality to a necromancer. Well, there you go. So it couldn't have been. It was just, you know, a little suspicious how dwarves got attacked, but he didn't, he was right there. Maybe he was easy prey for, uh... If he was easy prey, wouldn't they have gone for him instead of dwarves? Well, they followed him, perhaps. You know what? Who knows how that works? Did he fight, though? I I mean, I I wasn't there personally. I didn't didn't see what happened. Maybe he just wasn't in the front. So, uh... So you got these explosions every week. You do it every week? Yeah, it's about how long it takes for the uh, the powder trolls to recover. I mean, it adds up with the yeah. chicken. The, it's the bubbles that concern me because I worry if that means water's coming down. Yeah, that's what I think. When those explosions, bubbles start coming up through cracks at the bottom of the bog that are filtering up. And those contain you know, all the things that are in your iron ore down here. Still don't know how that would be related to the minerals in the water. Uh, I think it would carry all those things. Like, you're just opening up those fissures into the... Just unsettling. I mean, do you guys want to make a science? Sure. Yes. Do I want to make a knowledge roll? Yes. So... Sounds like we're working together. Make a combined lore check. How difficult is it to put together the science of 
bad water. I'm going to say it's average, and I'm going to give you a blue die because you have now talked to several people and have various pieces of clues. And you want us to be done with the civil engineering adventure? And we had transportation problems, water problems, <laughs> structural problems, foraging. Full I didn't roll any successes, though. No, no. But I rolled some advantages. Let me see if they even out. Yeah, I have two advantages. You are not yet able to assemble a narrative that makes sense to you for how these things can be interacting. Yeah. But you have various pieces along the way. You know who is in charge. And it is possible that once you lay out the situation to somebody else... Yeah, maybe we can figure it out if we just present the evidence. Yeah, possibly. You have a bunch of evidence. You feel points to something. You're not sure how it all ties together. But I think you both can agree at this point... The dwarves are responsible. Yeah, I mean, it seems likely. Something they're doing. Probably this. Somehow. Unless it's trolls sabotaging the explosion. It's just troll blood that's actually high in minerals. There's probably like little mini trolls that are forming on the bottom of the swamp. They can fight the undead. Perfect. Is the powder magic? That would make That's gotta be right. So do we scene swipe to dinner time? I think so. Okay. So you can recall a restraint having ended your investigation encounter. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for West North video game, and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, aka West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, This is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.